Hello, comrades. You are listening to Kyle's Communist Podcast. Kyle here. And on this week's episode, as we do, we are going to be looking over the What I'm Watching newsletter hosted up at kylecommunist.com. Nice and easy, free to find at the very top of the page. I will also have a link to it below in the show notes wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on Spotify, YouTube, or beyond. This is also a very important announcement that the podcast feed has changed locations. This was due to a syncing issue. I had effectively kind of bootstrapped Kyle Communist podcast on top of another older podcast feed, which I, that worked rather well for a very long time. But upon me updating and changing the name this last round, really bringing it into line with what it is now, that didn't work. <laughs> it threw back some errors on other sites that would not automatically update the feed. So if you're listening to this episode... I, I want to bring out a big distinction, and this is exclusively for people on podcast players. If you're on YouTube, nothing has changed. But if you're on a podcast player, keep in mind, the old dead feed is now called Archived, Kyle's Communist Podcast, and the logo has changed. It's got big red text over the front. It says Archived. Just so you know, if that's what you're listening to this on right now, you need to migrate your feed. And I will put links to that down below. There are still some outliers i think google podcasts has not fully distributed us yet but we're up on apple podcasts amazon audible spotify like i said youtube's always there there's a bunch of places you can already go to get it i think that google play or google Podcasts is still just the the slow one of the crew that has yet to release it across the the network if you're in that boat just hold on for a few extra days and i'm sure it will be there uh, we have some also important news off the top about the Discord server. Let me mention that. There is, has been discussion for the last couple months about direction for Discord. For those that don't know, Discord is a, a beautiful chat service that lets you join into our server. And there's multiple channels for you to join into from the book club to movie club, Marxist education, general chat, meme areas, share your selfies, share your pet pics. It's, it's one of those sort of environments. It's a nice, safe community. And to double down on that, to really emphasize the book club, we have been discussing making that a requirement. It does seem we're going to go in that direction in the fall. Uh, I predict we may as early as August do a trial run, but we'll keep everyone up to date. What does this mean for members that want to join the Discord server? Well, again, we're really doubling down, making sure members are actively participating in theory. I think this might attract more people than it scares off, actually. I'm sure many of you listening have been in those Discord servers where you got a lot of people yelling about stuff they have no understanding of. That grinds my gears. It's not really a problem our server has. We tend to repel those folks. Trolls that come in and try and harass us are often very disappointed that my crew does their reading. That is the expectation, right? If you're going to hang out in the, the Kyle Communist community, um, I want you to be reading Lenin. I want you to be reading Engels. And I want you to be reading Marx regularly. That is a, a part of being in that community. And so to do so, we are asking all members to attend three of the eight book clubs we host a month. So less than half. Three of the eight, cumulatively, that's three hours a month of your time. Not a big commitment, especially to be part of a crew that is so thoroughly committed. I really want to reemphasize this all and say we are devoted to our reading in this server so if you're out there and you're tired of playing around in those sort of jokey joke servers where the best they're doing is is larping communism on minecraft or, or something similar to that uh, we just want you to know there are serious dedicated servers out there and we're proud to, to be recognized amongst them. And in fact, I, I even found one of those compliments that someone had sent me just yesterday. Someone had said, I'm, I'm really, really shocked, Kyle. You guys have put together a place on the internet that is not just LARPing communism. There are people that are active, educated, part of parties out there, uh, international community, really, really, really well built up and, and established. And I'm really proud that we've received a compliment like that. I think that's amazingly kind. I've talked so much at the start about housekeeping things. There's there's certainly more to be said, but I don't want to bore people here today. Uh, again, you can go check out the newsletter, which will touch on the podcast feed more. And as for the Discord, you are still welcome to join into it now. There are no restrictions in that way as of yet. Uh, but if you're listening to this, I just want you to know that is on the horizon. In today's episode, 
We are going to cover probably about three of the news stories this week. It's interesting. I struggled to find a couple stories for this article, but had n have no problem for the next. We are already got like six really big headlines in the next. So pardon me, this week might feel a little repetitive. It might feel even a little bit late because we're going to be talking about the Hollywood strike, which is increasing in its efforts. We also have talk of a UPS strike, though there's a lot of collusion in the Teamsters organization with AOC and a bunch of other fake leftists. So I won't be holding my breath for a UPS strike anytime soon. It might happen, though. It might happen. I just, when AOC gets involved, all action ceases. Uh, anyway, let's also talk today about Trump. He wants to become a dictator. We already know about this, but I love when they say it on stage. I don't know why I love when they say it on stage. You know what? Actually, a little bit I do. It's vindication. <laughs> I, I love when they say it because it's vindication of all the warnings we've been giving people. You know, some of us out here have been, been warning about the rising neo-fascist threads and threats for the last decade. And uh, hey, it sucked for a last decade. So I guess it doesn't suck much worse having them say it openly. It, if anything, like I said, it, it makes you feel a little less crazy. You're like, ah, yeah. That pain I've had in my side all these years, well, it actually was a real issue. And now I can, I don't, <laughs> well, that last part, I don't know how to answer just yet. We have to continue educating. We have to continue working on class consciousness and explaining intraclass division. We'll get into that here in a few minutes. And then finally, the last article I want to touch on today will be about right-wing protesters storming a pride festival, festival in Georgia Tbilisi, the capital over there, uh, not Georgia here in the United States, but the country of very, very, very unexpected. No, hard, hard opposite. Very expected anti-LGBT sentiments coming out. That's that's what that article is going to go into. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Let's maybe shout out some other things that are in this article, too. At the very bottom, if you go in there, there's some great information uh, uh, from Worldly Comrades. Our Global Comrades section is filled up. Actually, another shout out to workers. There is, in South Carolina, Waffle House, a restaurant chain, is on strike this week calling for better safety and wages. For those that are overseas, potentially Waffle Houses tend to get a lot of attraction in the evening hours and such. There's a lot of parking lot violence, uh, a lot of disreputable characters walking in there. I believe I watched one of those videos from, yeah, it was a Waffle House uh, person saying that they had been held at gunpoint twice uh, in the store and management regularly puts the employees as the frontline crew to deal with that sort of stuff. People are getting guns waved in their face for below <laughs> absolute minimum wage money it's it's absolutely unacceptable you can go and watch more about that i've highlighted lots of these also uh there are protests sweeping kenya triggered by wildly unpopular tax reform backed by the imf more information about hollywood down there what else do we have puerto rico government has closed more than 600 schools in the last 10 years leaving many rural areas with no nearby educational facilities and then sadly, there is an, uh, an informational in here. It was from the channel called Live from Ukraine. Uh, apparently, it was showing a picture of Prigozhin, the head or previous head of Wagner, hanging out in a tent there, giving what they equated to a Nazi salute. Uh, yeah. The, the article, I warn people on that one, that account seems to be gone. So I, you can only read what's left on the webpage about it. But that actual source was sort of a liberal thing on its own. I just think anytime people are reporting on Prigozhin, it's, it's sort of an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Let's go ahead and dive directly, or directly, directly or straight into Trump's article here. I'm reading from Dictatorship, Trump Plans Imperial Presidency, should he win next year? This comes from People's World, which is eh, CPUSA affiliated. Not a huge fan of it for that reason, but I thought still this was an interesting one. It says, according to uh, position papers and speeches, Trump plans to resume the role of a dictator if he wins in the 2024 election with total presidential control of government, including truncating Congress's power of the purse and restoring the president's power to, quote, impound funds that Congress has allotted. Other steps include putting unelected bureaucrats back into their place, requiring every federal employee to pass a new civil service test, 
and ending due process and protections from political interference for career civil servants. That is just the summary of this article, which again, in detail, goes on that Trump on stage starts talking about Article 2 of the Constitution, saying, quote, the executive power of government, well, I'm sorry, this is what the actual Article 2 says, that the executive power of government shall vest in a president of the United States, uh, giving them few limits. Executive power of government shall vest in a president of the United States. That's Article 2. So there are few limits to what presidents should be able to do. And over the years, this has changed a bit. This is what Trump went on to say. Uh, this actually, this line comes from his 2019 stump speech where he says, I have an Article 2 where I have the right to do whatever I want as president. So we've seen this before. He's, he's again said this. This is not the first time. But I think this is just useful information to bring out around maybe conservative families or friends who think that somehow right-wingers, conservatives are trying to build a small government, that they're trying to reduce the bloat. Here we have Trump literally saying he wants to expand the president's power. Maybe I'll just read this line. It says, Trump's expansion of presidential power, it wants to go beyond what chief executive used wars to grab. So in the past, wars have expanded out presidential power. He's looking to go significantly further than that. Uh, another line of his, Congress, what's that? Who cares what they have to say, especially after I win the White House and order the Justice Department to drop all of its prosecution of me? Hmm, interesting. Uh, again, no real surprise here. This article's not going to probably stun most socialist communist listeners out there, but it is still full of good information, good quotes and the such. Let's let's skim down the page here. Oh, it says the New York Times reported former Trump administration officials forecast a Trump, quote, legal challenge to the limits on a president's power to fire heads of independent agencies. End quote. The Supreme Court withheld those limits twice, but the last time was in 1988, long before Trump packed the court with right wingers. Quote, I, I will require every federal employee to pass a new civil service test demonstrating an understanding of our constitutional limited government. This will include command of due process rights, equal protection, free speech, religious liberty, federalism and Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable search and seizure which I know all about at Mar-a-Lago, don't I? And all the other constitutional limits on federal power. The article continues after his quote to say, religious liberty is Trump's code for protecting evangelical white Christians. Federalism is code for old racist state rights policies of the Jim Crow era. The Muslim ban under the Trump administration, uh, they imposed extreme vetting and put on a powerful travel ban to keep quote, radical Islamic terrorists and jihadists out of the country. Uh, when Trump returns to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger and, than before and much stronger than before, Trump said at his July 7th stump speech in Iowa. So it was just a few, it was about a week or so ago, two weeks ago, maybe, that he was, he was talking about bringing all this back. Bigger bans, mm, surge prosecutors and National Guard into the nation's cities, which Trump calls high crime communities, supposedly to keep order. In reality, the promise is a dog whistle against community of color. Yeah, so he wants to send in more troops. This is not any kind of new aspect. He's solely playing up the fears that he left before when he got out of office, now wants to take it to its, its higher level. Let's remember very openly that these are... These are people who are directly reading and worshiping at the altar of Hitler and his comrades over there. You know, they're reading Goebbels and all that other horrifically malicious ideology. And they're, they're, they're propagating this. They, they did it back then. They're continuing on it now. <laughs> I think that's all I need to say on this one, because I could go into detail telling you about all of Trump's intricacies. But I think another good one to dive into, which is a little bit related and I'll only just tease you the, the, the title of this. But it says, House Republicans load Pentagon bill with anti-abortion, anti-gay provisions. Yeah, I'll just tease off that you can read a little bit further. I mean, there's more to be said about the Trump article, which I think you should read firsthand. You could, you know, mention that sort of information, family, friends, etc. Maybe you've got co-workers, anyone that claims to be trying to protect <clears throat> America and its freedoms cannot be in support of Trump. 
lest they are directly attacking those freedoms themselves. That's as simple as it goes. But uh, in this other article by World Socialist Web, which is a great website for information, they post really quickly, very frequently. This one goes into detail about upcoming Pentagon uh, bills and expenditures and how they packed it, like I said. I'll, I'll just read you this summary here at the top. It says the Republican-led House of Representatives narrowly passed the annual National Defense Authorization Act with overwhelming bipartisan support for record military spending and expanding war against Russia and China. However, far-right Republicans embedded anti-abortion and anti-gay and anti-DEI initiatives in the bill I have to look up what DEI means so in a second. Forcing the Democratic leadership to withdraw its support. The House version of the National Defense Authorization Act, which was passed with broad bipartisan support for the past 60 years, was only approved by a narrow vote of 219 to 210. The Senate will begin to debate its version of the NDAA on Tuesday. What was that one in there? I want to look up the name. DEI. What does that stand for? Oh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So a further thing from this article says, despite the bipartisan consensus on this warmongering plan on Thursday, far-right members of the Republican conference prevailed on Speaker Kevin McCarthy to support a series of amendments embedding the GOP's anti-abortion, anti-gay, and anti-diversity, equity, inclusion agenda in the bill. It's aimed at mobilizing the Republican Party's right-wing base. The amendments forced the Democratic leadership in the narrowly divided chamber to withdraw its support and call for a veto against the bill. American politics doing what they do, showing us a war between two groups that are completely in line with another, all built to further the distraction, to divide the workers, and to incite us into a culture war instead of a class war. Let's move right along. We'll touch on this striking topic now, because that's a lot of what's going on, as you'll notice. Again, there's, there's rumblings UPS might join all these strikes. As workers, we are hoping for a national strike. That is, that is eventually our, our goals to see large strikes. Remember, a strike must impact the country. If it fails to impact the country, if it's too small of a strike... Uh, nothing nothing happens. So when we talk back in well, earlier this year about Biden being a strike breaker against the railroad workers, his logic was, well, the strike will set back the country. Yeah, that's exactly the point of the strike, because until the capitalists are set still and strangled, they, they, they will not stop acting until there is something that forces them to stop. They will not stop. OK, diving right in says striking film and television actors and writers pardon me let me reread that striking film and television actors and writers in California and New York quote there are too many people who cannot get along so we're not going to accept it now that title I, I do not like <laughs> it made me think that things in the strike were, were not going in the right way but let me assure you things are actually um I I think there's a, a good amount of anger coming out of this I'd like to see the same amount of anger around other striking workers, not just Hollywood actors, but I understand that actors are public figures. Railroad workers are not. It, it really should be somewhat the opposite. We really should have our vested interest in the railroads, which allow us to live our lives. But we understand. And, and as a guy that's actually been a publicist in Hollywood, I might be able to share some extra insight on all of this sort of situation. Let's see. Summary. Tens of thousands of film and television writers and actors in the United States are striking against the multi-billion dollar entertainment and media monopolies, exhibiting tremendous commitment to their joint strike against the abuses heaped on them by some of the largest corporations in the world. The strike, the largest indefinite walkout in the U.S. in decades and biggest ever in the film and television industry, has immense international social, international social and cultural significance, with the central issue being the severe reduction in residual payments to actors and writers, which traditionally provided many with a steady base income. So without even reading the article, let me tell you what's going on. The Hollywood industry we got many people in the United States that look to Hollywood and they say, well, those actors are just so rich. Hey, look, there are a couple actors out there that are very, very rich. But the industry as a whole tends to pay in prestige. And this comes from a guy who worked out there as a publicist right out of college. 
I had gone out there and worked an internship beforehand, and I was working with the absolute top celebrities uh, in Hollywood. Like we were, this, this company I worked at did the real, real, real stuff that you see. And in fact, for being such a, a small boutique firm of only 100 people, was rated up in like the top 20 PR firms in the entire country, which is a very extensive list, by the way, they're long. So for them to be up in the top 20 with only 100 staffers split between like two offices or something, oh, very, very powerful. Uh, and and it, it really opened my eyes. I worked in Hollywood for two years before I left. I, I, I was able to see very quickly. It was never going to be a life I wanted to, to partake in. Nothing really good was coming from it. It could only go in bad directions. And I am so happy with when I left. I left right before all of the information came out about uh, was it Harvey Weinstein. Because we actually worked, interestingly, doing PR for them. And woo, I, I had heard him call into the office. Thankfully, I never had to take that call. But there was some yelling and screaming. And this was, again, before even all the, the chaos that ensued in the, in the years following. I'm so happy I left Hollywood when that, before that was going on. I just imagine that must have been a terrible time for all of the workers out there. Oh, by the way, a lot of the reason I, I, I left that position was the low pay of what was, I think, $15 an hour in Los Angeles money, by the way. That is nothing. <laughs> Rent there costs... Uh, near $2,000 a month. I was paying $1,600 for a studio apartment. That was a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And to try and pay that on $15 an hour, not doable. Just can't make that happen. So anyway, I ended up leaving uh, exclusively because the pay, there were no other acceptable jobs that I could take that would radically shift my position and allow me to, to do anything better. I had applied for a couple months at that point and said, pfft, I'm out of here. But the real thing that it was putting constant stress was the constant pettiness of executives at movie studios. They are the most unnecessary people on, well, maybe the entirety of the planet, actually, because you think about it, entertainment's not necessary. And here you have these capitalists that sit at the top of an unnecessary industry. <laughs> debatably like these are the most worthless people to ever exist their goals i mean again they're not even in like an industry i don't think any capitalists need to exist but they're not even an industry like natural gas or something that people need to fuel or feed themselves uh these guys are rich money bags sitting around sexually abusing workers, actors, stuff like that, right? These, these are the celebrities, or the, uh, not celebrities, these are the, uh, the money crunchers that have everything to do with it. And again, they're usually your typical straight, white, racist male, nothing to write home about. Um, usually they're the type of old, gross men that comment how women, you know, are, 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 quote, ugly or obese or something like that. And yet you hold a mirror up to these guys and the mirror breaks, <laughs> right? I just, I need to make that very clear. These are those type of people. Oh, she's too fat and ugly. And yet that's literally a person like that is them projecting themselves onto those other people. That is just, that is what they do. It is who they are. They're a terrible person rotten through and through. And that is Effectively, all capitalists. I mean, look to Elon Musk as, a, as another guy that does the same thing, right? Out there insulting people's looks and, and, and physicality. Yet you see a picture of him, old, droopy, saggy, pasty, white, chubby belly on a boat. And it's like, bro, you can't talk about that sort of stuff when you are the embodiment of the insult you're flinging. <laughs> like you are the insult. Anyway, do away with the capitalists. Let's get back to this. So uh, a lot of the problem coming out into this piece, this article, is talking about very, very, very poor residuals. Uh, the pay for work, the afterpay, that is to say when someone stars in a TV series, they should be receiving pay over time afterwards. They usually sign a contract for funds up front, though, as we're hearing from a lot of these actors, that is a very, very, very small amount of money. Uh, it's not really worth them even working these jobs. You see many people, I think one of the actresses from uh, Orange is the New Black was doing a, a video, maybe it was a TikTok. They talked about how they were working two jobs at the time, or many people were. Some were working three. 
They couldn't afford cabs to set. It was that expensive. And again, I just want to drive home that these sets are often inexpensive areas. They reside in expensive places. So it's not like these these small struggling actors can just afford to, to do that. They're many times just like you and I. This is a big distinction I want to break up amongst people is again, when I was growing up here in the Pittsburgh area, I remember people saying, oh, actors have so much money, they're the problem. Listen, actors are no solution. They're no solution to any of capitalism. But they themselves are rather poor workers too, until some of them break through and make it really, really large. That's a whole other story. We could talk about that. Some of them set up their own exploitative companies that exploit labor overseas, etc., no defense needs to be given for that, and you're not going to see me jumping out to do it. However, for these average folks, just like you and me, the reason we don't hear about their suffering more is the system downplays it. There's threats that they won't be able to work again if this information sort of gets out. And beyond that, there is a willingness in the American psyche to ignore other worker struggles and you combine all that together you see them walking a red carpet with a a loner outfit that you think they actually have bought themselves by the way a lot of them get outfits for free they're like gifted as um oh you're gonna be on a red carpet oh great here's an outfit make sure you say our name sometimes they ask for the outfit back by the way uh effectively i think in a lot of senses what we're seeing with these these up-and-coming stars is it's very much like some young adult that works at your grocery store that they audition, they got an opportunity, they got in a show, and they're still that person that's working the grocery store. They have not really leveled up. A lot of the people in this article, a lot of people that are coming out around this are saying, we did not get paid survivable wages. What they're hoping for is that they'll, you know, a lot of actors are hoping that they'll take these low-paying gigs and eventually be brought up the ladder to something big. Unfortunately, in doing so, again, a lot of the time, those really disgusting Hollywood execs try to take advantage of them, sexually, physically, etc. It's a very, very common thing. And uh, there's going to be a lot to come out of this strike, I hope. Really big information to kind of summarize this story or kind of wrap it up. There's other, a couple other things I guess I should touch on maybe briefly. So again, they're looking for the residuals to be increased. They are also looking for protection from AI and their likeness being used. That's a really big one. Uh, there's also, oh, I want to say there's a third component. This is from memory. Maybe I'm going to forget it. I almost just in my head got it conflated. I want to talk, let me jump very briefly because I was going to conflate this. I know part of the UPS strike is due to the full-time workers having stronger protections. And a lot of the UPS workers are trying to join in on their part-timers who are getting paid a dismally low $16 an hour. Very, very, very bad. So I know that's a part of another strike, and we're still kind of waiting to see if that takes off anywhere. As I mentioned, there's a lot of scary about that. At the top of the show, I mentioned how AOC is involved with it. The Teamsters are meeting with her. Does not seem like that's going to come to fruition. I will be pleasantly surprised if it does, but I think it's just going to turn into like a rah, 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 pep rally time. Let's do it. Yeah. Need our workers in line. I guess I will say on this one, uh, I didn't I didn't see a third as I sort of skimmed the article. But last thing is this is very, very big because Screen Actors Guild has uh, joined the Writers Guild. So SAG, SAG, and AFTRA, A-F-T-R-A, they have both joined together. Those are the Actors Guilds have joined together with the Writers Guild of America. Massive, hasn't been done in 60 plus years so this is a very, very good thing. You can read all about it. There's a couple articles up there, a lot to learn. But let's move on to our conclusion of today's episode. Right-wing protesters storm Pride Festival festival in Georgia's capital, Tbilisi. I keep saying festival today with a B. I don't know what's up with that. So like my uh, tongue keeps getting stuck. Pride Festival. Okay. Summary. Anti-LGBTQ protesters stormed a pride celebration in Tbilisi, Georgia, resulting in its cancellation. As many as 2,000 protesters scuffled with police, burning pride flags and waving religious symbols. Georgia's president and the events organizers blamed anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric for causing the incident. And homophobia continues to be rife in the country. 
That's our summary. Let's let's dive in the meat and potatoes. I'll read some of this out because I think this is very good for our friends over here in the English speaking sphere to understand a little what's going on across the globe. It goes on to say, <clears throat> as many as 2,000 anti-LGBTQ protesters stormed the celebration on July 7th, resulting in its cancellation. Again, there were scuffles with police, while others ran onto the stage burning rainbow flags. Some waved religious symbols with Orthodox Christian clergy among those protesting, but the event's organizers and Georgia's president blamed anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric for causing the incident, saying, quote, today's developments incite the today's planned events were pre-coordinated and agreed upon with the Ministry of Internal Affairs and the violent group Alt-Info. Tbilisi Pride had said in a statement, quote, this is an organized attack by the Georgian government and the Putinist violent group on, de uh, dem uh, on democracy, human rights, and innocent people who wanted to enjoy the fundamental rights guaranteed by the Constitution. We hope that everyone for whom violence is unacceptable and who wants to see Georgia advancing on its democratic and European path will condemn the events that unfolded today and will express solidarity, end quote. Goes on to say, President... Uh, Zerbishvili, 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 butchering their name. Sorry, accused the ruling Georgian Dream Party of failing to condemn its supporters who had openly incited hate against the LGBTQ plus community. However, the Interior Minister Minister claimed the area was difficult to police. "Quote: This was an open area. Participants of the protest managed to bypass the security and find other ways to enter the event area." He said adding that the successful evacuation efforts did take place. Uh, another quote here. We've been telling the Ministry of Interior and the police to start investigation immediately, but they did not do it. Goes on to say, in response to the attacks, Mark Clayton, the British ambassador to Georgia, said he was, quote, shocked and saddened to hear of the event's cancellation despite the planning and preventative measures that were put into place. Quote, I call upon the authorities to ensure that all who broke law and aggressively disrupted a peaceful gathering will be brought to justice, he wrote on Twitter. So uh, interesting that uh, Georgia's apparently got some decently progressive politicians in there, meaning progressive under capitalism, of course, not actually progressive or pushing for real liberation, because if that were to happen, we would be actually, we'd be legitimately clamping down on these ultra-nationalist groups. Let's remember, anti-LGBT sentiment is 100% thoroughly a Nazi ideology. Homophobia is a Nazi ideology. You cannot be a homophobe and not be part Nazi. Uh, okay, I understand it's a little bit of a hyperbolic stretch because they are separate things. But let me rephrase it and say, you can't be a homophobe and walk outside of the shadow of a Nazi. Maybe you are not one, but you certainly look, smell, and taste like one. So bon appetit, you know, let's feast. Uh, we, we, I, I've been posting about this more and more and more on, on Instagram, and it's, it's really starting to, to resonate with people. I just posted a bunch of stories yesterday that got reshared, which is really cool, reshared out both by English speakers and Russian speakers, where I had translated my posts in English and Russian. I was bashing uh, a Navy chief here in the United States. The story's still breaking, so this is your little bonus for listening to the podcast. A Navy chief just got found out for trying to go and have sex with a 14-year-old girl. He communicated online with this group. Their name is something like, it has the word van in it, V-A-N, and this group effectively goes around faking being an underage child on the internet trying to meet these sexual predators trying to get them the predators offline to come into the real world so here you see in the video this this video opens the guy is apologizing i'm so sorry don't tell anyone please let's not make a scene out of this and they're like bro how old did you think that girl was oh i'm so sorry i thought she was she was 14 and they're like bro you even you know yeah here you are trying to come meet up with this girl like there's no excuse to this and they're filming 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 just getting this guy admitting to it which is again i think perfect this is a strategy i think more people should take if you've got a strong cadre of comrades irl and you can do this sort of thing safely safety in numbers right this is good stuff to be doing. This is what we need to start cracking the veneer 
the fakeness of American politics. People are unwilling to believe that our society is absolutely riddled with pedophiles and their likeness. It's such an important topic to discuss because as LGBT people, you know, specifically as gay men and trans people are targeted outright as being, quote, groomers, that we are trying to sexually pervert and corrupt children, that lie, again, is a Nazi lie. That was started in the 1930s, that element specifically, that we are trying to go after kids. That element is 100% a Nazi ideology. So again, anyone that is promoting that line walks in the shadow of a Nazi. They may not qualify as a full-fledged or real one, but the blood in their veins is still, it, it's pulling itself. It wants to be a full-fledged Nazi. Just reduce the laws more so I can be an honest Nazi. That's what's going on in them right now. A lot of them are, have got almost an internal battle being waged where you can even see it in the comments they write on the internet. They are just waiting for someone like a Trump to come through again and loosen further restrictions so they can go in and start their pogroms. They're just attacks on, on Jewish people, on LGBT people. There is a small floodgate holding us back from another Kristallnacht sort of event here in the United States. And we've already had multiple preludes, too, with the bombing of monuments in the U.S., with the bombing of LGBTQ plus centers in the United States, all done under this completely artificial pretext of traditional values. Let me assure you, traditional values do not exist here in the United States, nor do they exist over there in Russia, two of the largest countries to promote the idea. Traditional values are artificial, again, falsely concocted, but done so intentionally, maliciously made. Uh, for example, Russia's are very easy to look at. They came out of the 90s. Those traditional values didn't exist before. Uh, not, they're not even pointing back at czarist values from decade or century before. They're just completely artificial. And the same can be said over here in the United States, though we were founded on extremely conservative values with all of our Puritans coming over here, all of our inquisitioners that came over here and such. Very, very, very cruel history over here as well. And, and again, I just want to say that those traditional values they're harking back to are nothing more than totalitarian, very authoritarian excuses. Um, oh, our religious values are being squashed and attacked. The gay people want to corrupt our kids. I'll tell you what the gay people actually want to do, though. You want to, this, this, this you could hold against me or whatever. I do want to get those kids away from those parents. So if you want to hear me say it, yes, I do want to take those kids away from those parents. Absolutely. Because right now, they're being abused. If not physically, certainly mentally. But I would double down on physical. Because, looking no further than the news that I am just talking about a second ago, these stories are so prevalent. So, so, so prevalent. These these cases of, of, of conservatives raping children. I read about four a day. I read about four a day. I see them on accounts like Reichwatch, which you've heard me shout out before. I think that's a wonderful group that's doing that on Instagram. They cite all of their sources back to legitimate, you know, large media companies. And I think that does something good. I think that if they're pointing back to, hey, look, Look, the capitalist system even admits, its own newspapers admit, its own televisions admit that the, the politicians, the police, the pastors, they are pedophiles. The, so I think that's helpful to point out. And that, that should really resonate with folks. Look, even this disgusting, filthy system admits its own vileness. The, the, the mechanisms that are to work for it it's so disgusting, vile, and gunked up that its own mechanisms at times, very briefly, work against it. I, I also take this into mind considering the politicians who, well, we could look at what's her face, his husband, um, Bobert's husband, Lauren Bobert's husband, who flashed the 13-year-olds the at the bowling alley, right? He showed his penis to a bunch of young girls at a bowling alley. He was arrested and charged for that. I don't know what actually ended up happening beyond that. But the fact that the police did get involved, the police who serve those elements, they admit that it's happening. 
I think that's just something. It goes to show how absolutely weak we are, disorganized, that they can admit their crimes publicly and, and there's no ramifications. That just goes to show how strong of a stranglehold they have over us. I also want to be clear that stranglehold is rather illusionary. We can rebuke that. We can, through cl class consciousness, organize against the elements of state violence, the police, etc. And I think that highlighting these stories is such an important element of doing that now. Our job is to help our other proletarians have massive distrust in this government. We need people to be searching for alternatives. If people are content with the system they have, and unfortunately many Americans are right now, that will do nothing for us. That will just be an anchor. They will sit there and be ineffectual for a very, very, very long time. Our job again is to shake them loose and provide them Marxism, the alternative path that will help, help them actually organize and rebuke the state. Till that time, we are going to be reveling in all of these horror stories. I want to add that I had a, a, a recent friend from our, I think it was Armenia or Azerbaijan, reached out to me and asked, could you send me another source on this, this story, this, this Navy man that, that went after the 14-year-old only to find it was the, the group that exposed him? He asked for a source on that. Turns out this story has only broke less than 24 hours ago at the time of recording. So when I went to go find mainstream media articles for him, I couldn't find any. But guess what I did find? And you can replicate these results yourself. Do it right now. <clears throat> You're just going to open up Google. You're going to probably go over to the news tab. I like to look over there. And just type in Navy Chief 14-year-old. What might or might not shock you is the amount of similar articles. Yet they are not talking about this guy. Instead, multiple articles that I read today dating back to at least 2019 where this incident seems to happen almost once a year it looks like. But those are only the ones that came up under those specific keywords. Because guess what? The Navy's had multiple of these go on. And let's remind that just two weeks ago, the Marine had bought that 13, 14-year-old disabled girl, took her into his barracks, and then proceeded to rape her. All the while, they were signed in on the logbook and such. This is not isolated, is what I want to drive home. It actually might be more common than it is, uh, than it is uncommon. I really think that all of us should be a lot more concerned about pedophilia than we ever have been before. Sure, it's absolutely always been a concern. But now I want people to start considering how many people do you deal with per day? And before anyone goes out of order, out of line with this, the reason this conversation is important for us to have now, again, is that our government is actively using the threat of groomers to create a genocide against trans people in the U.S. And again, not limited to that. These laws affect people much outside. These laws affect people that are accused of being trans, which, again, you can hear it in past episodes, is interesting because a lot of these anti-trans laws have created environments where the accusation that someone's trans leads to a genital inspection. Which groups are affected by this most? Would you be surprised to hear it's usually 14 to 18 year olds at school during sporting events where now the parents have the right to say, oh, my, my, my daughter was beat by that other team. That person must be transgender. And that happened, literally already happened. And so guess what? Genital inspection by doctors? Of course not. Who do you think we are? Medicine and all that shit's expensive over here. It's just, we'll let old skeevy Bob do it. We'll let old Ted the pedophile pastor do it. Uh, come on, folks. We, we need to wake up. The threat is real. You probably know a pedophile right now. I, it has me questioning how many I know. And I want to remind you that if you've not thought about it before, that, that like you never inspected the people in your life to vet whether or not they're a pedophile, you shouldn't have had to. But that's the extent that we're at these days where we know the legal system is not 
actually rooting out pedophiles. That means they are free to roam the streets and are, because a lot of them are police officers, a lot of them are politicians, a lot of them are capitalists, a lot of them are these right-wing Trump supporters. By the way, I'm sure there's tons of them that are Democrats, that are liberals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There better damn well not be any that are in the socialist or communist movement because that is a malicious tumor, malignant tumor, I should say, that we can't stand for even the briefest of seconds. Not even the briefest of seconds. We need to be taking this fight to the streets. We need to be actively confronting people that may have these proclivities. And I want to emphasize the word may have these proclivities. Until you check, you will not know. They are trying to check. They are cracking down. If we do not rise to the occasion, we all will be accused of their crime. That is where this is going, by the way. The reason, beyond just the simple idea that this worked well for the Nazis in the past, a lot of the reason these people are so comfortable using pedophilia as the weapon against the LGBT community is because they are intimately pedophilic. These attackers know what it is to be a pedophile, so they know how to word their attacks. They know how to quote, handle the situation because they are handling children's genitals in the evening, right? They know how to use this as a weapon because they are it. <laughs> they are that weapon. We, again, must, must, must be taking these battles to them. I know that online doesn't have the largest impact, but I have been in circles that it matters, in circles where it's relevant, I've been starting to drop that information. Anytime I see someone on the internet that goes, well, LGBT people, blah, 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 gay gr groomer, I, I send them sources and say, look, what do we do about this? And then I press them further and say, have you inspected your priest's laptop recently? Can you tell me without a shadow of any doubt? I want facts. Do you know for sure your priest is not a pedophile? And if you don't know for sure, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. That means you signed out, you're not interested. And honestly, if you're that signed out and you're not that interested, you shouldn't be in church anyway because you're a failure to your own God if you're not willing to actually be invested in it, right? I'm a non-religious person, but that seems quite obvious. If you're just going to church, phoning it in, I don't really know my pastor. I don't really know if he touches kids or not. I'm just gonna assume he doesn't. Oh, honey, oh, honey. Going to church, that one needs to be one of the first things we get rid of on your to-do list. Instead, we need to re-enroll you in some education course. You're learning critical thinking because that is not it. You're not, you're not worshiping your God. You're not learning about your community. You're not doing your job. You're not even protecting your own kids. <laughs> Wonder why. Is it is a big shocker that religious summer camps in the United States are one of the absolute largest places where child molestation happens? Of course not. Of course not. Throw away parents, parents who want to throw their kids out the door into other people. Ah, not my, not my kid, not my problem. Toss them into summer camp. Take care of your kids, folks, or don't have them, please. I think a lot of us socialists and communists are very, very well aware of that. I think that's why uh, <laughs> most people in this community are not out there ready to have kids. A lot of us are very, very, very keenly aware that the system that they would be born into is one that intends to abuse and molest them. Everyone out there, we're gonna leave it on this harsh and uncomfortable note because I want you to be uncomfortable. We need a lot more discomfort in the world. There is no time to sleep, but only time to act. And we're running out of that even. If you've listened to all of this, I want to thank you for your attendance, and I want to remind you that we have two book clubs every week. As I mentioned at the start, our Discord server will be eventually moving into an, uh, a, a book club-only focus. It will host other things outside of the book club, but members will be expected to attend the book club on a regular basis. We will have accommodations in there for members who are overseas or otherwise can't attend those. Uh, there's also an option for people that want to do sort of makeup lessons to that where they could submit a summary of one of our, the articles we're reading to the newsletter, which is a great thing you should check out. That's what we used as the basis for today. By no means is this newsletter done. I only skimmed and teased the news section. There is a lot more, including art down there. 
new music from one of the artists I really like, a German communist rapper by the name of Vision. He does great music and he's releasing a new album. So there's a couple there, including a curated playlist I made to help you get into other jams of his. The music videos are really, really cool with lots and lots and lots of communist symbols throughout. Really recommend it. I also did tease you a bit with the uh, Global Comrades section down there at the bottom. Make sure to dive into that. That's under the header Marxist History and Global Comrades. One thing I missed in there was uh, it was Bastille Day not long ago. I did see a little bit about it, but not many English posts. So I chose, I didn't put that in the roundup for this last week. I just didn't have some good things to bank it on. But I want to let you go today. We've been here for almost a full hour, getting close to it at least. Uh, come check out the Discord server. Get involved with that book club twice a week. We're reading Lenin on Thursday. We're reading Engels on Monday. Newsletter, podcast. Ooh, there's a bonus coming out for members that want to support the show. This is a tease. This is, a little, this is coming very soon. I've already got one recorded. A few months ago, I bought an English book that was written in Moscow in 1970. It came or I should say they were printed there, shipped to the United States, or shipped somewhere. They're called Our Lenin, and you can get them decently cheap online, maybe $20, $30. It's a cute little book. It uh, is for English language learners, most notably, quote, or other groups that are trying to learn about socialism and communism, as it says. But uh, I have read a part of this book aloud. I've done an audio recording of the first chapter, and that wound up being about 50 minutes on its own. Those will appear up on our coffee page, ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Communist. That is my subscription site that is similar to Patreon, though it has a store function. So there's actually some Lenin candles and other goodies you can buy off the shop. But uh, up there, we're going to be releasing this audiobook. It will eventually make its way to YouTube for everybody. But in the meantime, it's going up early just for our subscribers as a massive thank you because it is our subscribers that keep this going. We receive absolutely no funding in any form of sponsorship here. And we never will because, well, my job is to dissolve their companies and they aren't going to like that. <laughs> so we're reliant on all of you out there. And I know money is tough, but if you got even a dollar to your name and you want to donate it, it would be very, 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 very helpful for us. That's at ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Communist. It is our place to go. And it is what allows us to continue to collect and preserve, as I like to say, rescue some Soviet history because people are very, very keen on destroying it nowadays. Books, uh, busts, statues, you name it. People want to destroy it. And, and if it's not being saved by us, I assure you it is going into the garbage dump. And you don't have to take my word for it. There are plenty of videos of that happening online. There are plenty of people that try to burn Soviet flags and other such memorabilia to prove their little point. So uh, do what you can. Collect and preserve good stuff. Preserve history it is very important. It is coming back around, and it is time that we stand up for one another, really protect our comrades. I want that to be the lesson and the essence of these shows, so make sure you take it to heart, folks. I will catch you next week. I do these recordings live on Twitch around um, Tuesday or Wednesday. This one's getting recorded on a Wednesday. So look out in the Discord server, I'll post notices. But until then, everyone, you be super safe out there. I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.